Tests are hard. So many times we worry ourselves sick over what's going to happen with the next test. And I know that you're probably thinking of school tests and maybe if you're in college, college tests, but God is not even talking about that. He's talking about the tests that come to our life. Bottom line, tests will come. We need to be ready. Today we're going to look at the life of Abraham as he went through this final and ultimate test and passed with flying colors. God wants to do that through your life to do today as well. So my challenge to you is to come, be a part, listen, and find out what God has for you today on the audio study guide of Northwood Baptist Church. My name is Trey Rhodes and I'm the Connections Pastor and good to have you along. Those of you that are joining us because you are a Life Connection Group leader, we appreciate you coming and being a part. And others of you that are listening as well, maybe you just want or are interested in the Word of God and want to hear more about the Word of God, well, this is a great opportunity for you to come be a part. And so we challenge you to do that. I do need to say one thing to our Life Connection Group leaders. I won't be here this Sunday. I'll be in Boston working with our mission church there in Jamaica Plain. So uh, be praying for us, and I look forward to what God's going to do through the week. Uh, So you get out there and you do your work as you have been doing. Uh, Last week, I think the number was 387, I think, 387 or somewhere in that range. And so we are just uh, doing great things, and I appreciate what God is using you to do. Keep up the good work. Finally, uh, we are, because I will be gone next week, I've gone ahead and put the role for September in your notebook already. So obviously don't take your role for September this coming Sunday. Make sure you use the last week in August and that will help you as you uh, click off your people and we make sure that your people are coming and who is coming and who needs to have a phone call and all those things. So make sure that you don't use the September uh, role, you use the August role. All right, everyone. Well, we are in Genesis chapter 22. We're going to look at 19 verses, and I'm looking forward to this as we look at the life of Abraham. When people take tests, it doesn't mean they always get it right. Remember the the humorous little thing that Pastor Tommy used with these kids that answered all kind of funny ways to test, uh, naming angles and other things that went on. So it was a great little way to understand. Bottom line is no one really likes tests. And actually, if you're like me, you have testing anxiety at times. Uh, You've taken a lot of tests in your life throughout school. You get, you know, whether you're in school or going to job, continuing education. I remember about five or six years ago, I did some continuing education. And I'm going to tell you, I I got a little nervous on some of those tests as I did that. One of the most gut-wrenching stories that we have is this way that God uses to test Abraham. And it reminds us that he will also give us tests, and we will often, and he will often test our faith. The question comes back, why? And what we get with this account of Abraham is why God tests our faith. And then the good news is, is how you can pass the test. So the first thing we need to look at is that we need to know testing is coming. Chapter 21, give a little bit of a review. Isaac is born 25 years awaiting. Abraham and Sarah had their child. 
chapter 21, there's, there's joy and there's grief. Of course, joy that this baby had been born, that had been promised, and was born to a 90-year-old woman. And then grief, because now something is going to have to happen with Ishmael. So Abraham is distressed, and he said, God actually said, you got to let Ishmael go. I'm going to take care of him, you just let him go. Can you imagine as he had, this boy that he had poured his life into for 15, 16 years, now walking away, must have been heartbreaking. And if that wasn't hard enough, God then asked Abraham to let his son Isaac go as well. But that's what he does in chapter 22. So he's not just picking on Ishmael. God also says to Abraham, you've got to let Isaac go too. He says, and the way I want you to do that is to offer him as a sacrifice. Now, interestingly enough, Genesis 22 kind of comes out of nowhere. This is really what Henry Blackaby used to say. This is our crisis of faith. And what you do next tells you what you really believe about God. But Moses tells us that God tested Abraham. God tested Abraham. Okay, let's think about God. This is Abraham's only son. So God's very specific. He's the son of promise. He's the son you love. He says, Isaac, he's this 12-year-old boy. Abraham had grown to love this child and bond with him. Made no sense. How would he continue to trust the Lord if he would ask him to do such a thing? And the question really comes back, would he really continue to trust the Lord? Especially when what God asked seemed contradictory to what God had previously promised. So here's how you do it. First of all, you need to know that testing is coming. Here's the bottom line. Seasons of difficulty will test our faith. Seasons of abundance and plenty will also test our faith. Yeah, either way, you know, I think it was one of the one of the forefathers. I want to say it was uh, David, maybe. Uh, maybe it was David. Maybe it was one of the um, uh, forefathers of the church. But anyway, they said, Lord, don't ever give me too much uh, that I might forget you. And don't ever give me too little that I might steal and forget you. So we can be tested on either side. When the testing comes. How are you going to take God? You're going to take him at his word, what he already said. There's two realities you need to look at about your coming test. Number one, you need the test. You see, these tests are for you. God is building you and maturing you into who he wants you to be. We call that word sanctification, made holy. Every difficulty that you go through, God can use for your good. No wonder James says that we are to count it all joy because it is maturing our faith. Your greatest spiritual growth will likely come through your greatest adversity. These are seasons of testing where God teaches you to fix your eyes on Jesus. That's what he wants us to do. Keep our eyes focused on him. Um, we, and in the midst of that, we learn to trust him. And, and think about think, Go back over your life and think about what God did in your life and how God has worked in your life. Think about those times that you were tested greatly and how close you got to God and how much you relied on on God. I know in my life that was very much the same. When I went through the hardest time, I, I experienced God's presence in a way that I can't explain it. So you need the test, but number two, you also, God knows when to give you the test. You need to leave it in God's hand. God is a God of timing. He's an on-time God every single time. He is sovereign. Remember, he didn't give Abraham and Sarah a child the moment he promised the child in Genesis 12, or nine months later, uh, in Genesis 12. He made them wait, not just nine months. God tested Abraham throughout, throughout the 35 years. 
But his greatest test came 35 years after the call. Abraham repeatedly has seen the faithfulness of God. Abraham was prepared for this test. Now, God knows how and when to test your faith, and God knows why he's testing your faith. So here's the bottom line. If you know testing is coming, then you need to get ready. Let me say that again. If you know testing is coming, then you need to get ready. We need to be that rugged believer, ready for any kind of faith that comes through as we walk with the Lord daily. We have that intentional discipleship. Some of us aren't ready for the test because we haven't taken the time. And not only do we, uh, first of all, know testing is coming, the second thing is just as important. We know the context, content of the test. We know the content of the test. Now, Abraham does exactly what God says. Moses gives us the details uh, what, what we find out is the next morning, and by the way, um, you know, he got up early. Why do you think he got up early? Couldn't sleep, right? Tossed and turned. He knew he was uh, supposed to be sacrificing his only son. So the next morning, he saddles his donkey, he chops wood, and this is the same wood that he would bind his son to so that he could burn him, at, burn him on the altar. Can you imagine the emotions that just poured through? Can you imagine the tears that just streamed down his face, this 100-year-old, or actually more than 100-year-old man? 112, 111-year-old man. You know, I'm sure you wonder, did he tell Sarah? I'm sure as you would as well. Remember, Abraham was a man. It wasn't Jesus. Constantly questioning God. Had to. He had to be thinking, thinking God, did I hear you right? Is this, are, are you absolutely positive that this is what you want me to do? You know, I want to make sure that what you're saying is what I'm doing. So we have Abraham, Isaac, and two other men, and they make the long journey to Mount Moriah for three days. So this is on Abraham's heart for three days. He lived with that truth. So every moment that he spent with his child, Isaac, was very precious. Every moment was also very painful, knowing that it would be the end. Imagine Abraham, he would see Isaac as he went to sleep and look at that little boy and just shake his head. Then he's at the bottom of the mountain three days later. And he says these words, wait, we will come back. Now, brothers and sisters, those are words of faith. Abraham knew that this was the child of promise. He knew that somehow God was going to come through. That's the faith of Abraham. You know, he didn't know if he was going to raise him from the dead. He didn't know if he was going to do something to replace whatever it was. He just didn't know it was going to happen, but he knew that he would return with his son of promise. Wow. I have to ask myself, is that my faith? Maybe you need to ask yourself, is that your faith? Maybe your life connection group needs to ask themselves, is that my faith? I like what Hebrews chapter 11 verse 19 says, and I know you've read this multiple times, but it just really hits home this time. He considered that God was able even to raise him from the dead, talking about Isaac, from which, figuratively speaking, he did receive him back. That's faith. It's the kind of faith that says, I don't know how, but I do know that God will. Can you imagine the question? Isaac said, you know, we're offering a sacrifice, so God, or excuse me, so uh, Dad, where's, where's the lamb? Can you imagine the stinging that that is to Abraham as he knows? 
as he looks back and he says, it's not a lamb, it's you. He says that in verse, uh, I think it's verse 7. The fire and the wood are here, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? How the question must have stung Abraham's heart, you can imagine. Why wouldn't Abraham say that? God will provide, right? That's what he would say. Over the course of the last 30, 30, 35 years, that's what Abraham saw over and over and over again. Now, there's two questions we have to ask, and these are the two questions. Number one, why is God doing this? What is the content of the test? What is God after? Two questions on the test. That's what God did. Content, and what is God after? What's, how's God going to do it, and what's God trying to accomplish, right? The content of the test that God gives is that simple. Number two, what takes priority in your life? This is a simple test. What do you love more? The God of all creation or the blessings that God has given you? Do you love God enough to trust him? Do you love God enough to obey him? Do you love God enough to let go of what is most dear to you? What about this one? What idols need to come down? You see, whatever's taking priority in your life, that's your idol. That's the thing that, 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 is, making the, that is making you uh, move God down and move it up. Whatever has come between you and God. Maybe it's your child. Pastor Tommy talked about that. And maybe it's your job. You're working hard in your job so you can provide. And you put your job ahead of God. And, and you're doing the good thing so then you lose the best thing. You see, God's tests in your life are designed to reveal who you love, who you trust, and the way you respond to testing demonstrates who you love and who you trust. It really demonstrates who you really are, doesn't it? Does the way that you respond to your test reveal that God is the rock on which you stand? Sometimes it seems as if the God who is saving you is trying to kill you, and the truth is he is trying to kill you. Why? Because in the same way that Jesus was resurrected from the dead, we too can raise to walk in new life with him. God is putting to death every part of our old self. That's what he's doing. So here's our question. If you're going to go through a season of testing, why is God trying to put to death? What is, what is he trying to put to death? Is it pride? Is it lack of trust? Is it self-sufficiency? Is it greed? Is it idolatry? Is it lack of love? Is it independence? What is it? Is your tendency to love the gifts more than the giver of the gifts? Hmm. We need the test. And then number three, know the answer to the test is provided. Here Abraham built an altar, altar bound his son to it. Huh. Can you imagine what Isaac was, was thinking? Daddy, what are you doing? Stop. Why are you doing this? Here's the reality. Why did God do it? Because Abraham owed God his firstborn son. Think of all the failures in his life. Think of his sin. He had a sin debt that he needed to be repaid. This wasn't a murder, this was an offering, a sacrificial offering because Abraham had a debt to pay. And what greater gift could you give to the God who had done all this for you than your firstborn son? And God was, what God was actually asking of Abraham wasn't uncommon at all. In Israel, the temple was built on the spot where it was believed that Abraham offered Isaac as a sacrifice. And from the temple, there is the Kidron Valley that runs through there. And then running right there through the Kidron Valley is the Valley of Gehenna, which is a dump, it was a dump 
uh, where they burned stuff, but it was also the place where they burnt where they burned their children to sacrifice to the god the Canaanites sacrificed to the god Molech, and eventually the Israelites did as well. But the point was they gave the best of what they had. That's what they were doing. Maybe you would, you know, in the midst of that, you would receive the mercy of Molech. Maybe you could earn a better life through sacrifice to Molech. I wonder if Abraham could see smoke rising from Gehenna, and then he could have been thinking, God, you're no different than the pagan gods, but God is nothing like Molech, nor any other god. God is not a god who says, make me an offering because you owe me. No, our God says all of your offerings are insufficient. Your sin is so great that you can never pay your sin debt. My love, my grace, my mercy is greater than your sin. So God stops Abraham. Abraham looks up, sees a ram caught in the thicket, and uh, God, God says to Abraham, nothing you can sacrifice, even your child will appease me. Your sacrifice is not going to put you in a better standing. I am the one who provides the sacrifice. Isn't that just like God? Gave his only son, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son. The Lamb of God, as John tells us, that takes away the sin of the world. 1,500 years later, God would do what he had stopped Abraham from doing. He would allow his only son to be sacrificed as he was crucified on a cross. He would watch his only son become the sacrifice that we need to atone for our sins. God provides in every single situation you face. That's what the test is about. Jesus has already passed the test for you. So what do we do in light of this passage? First of all, and this sound, this past time he says sounds like the Sunday school answer, but we run to the answer. If you know Christ, you know that you have what you need to walk through the difficulties and, and even grow through your difficulties and become mature in your difficulties. And number two, prepare for future tests. Now is the time to prepare. You know, do you prepare for something when it happens? Or do you prepare for something before it happens? Well, you always prepare before. You don't get to the game day and say, well, you know, we really need to practice really hard on game day because we're about to meet Notre Dame or we're about to meet Alabama or we're about to meet whoever. No, we practice hard all week long. I've done... I didn't play Alabama or Notre Dame, but I did play our other rivals when I played football. And, man, you worked hard because you're preparing for future tests. So take advantage of every opportunity. And then third, no God will provide. You have all you need in Christ to make it through your testing. Wisdom, the hope of Christ, the power of the Spirit who now lives in you because Jesus died for your sins and rose again, that he, the Holy Spirit, lives in you. So this morning, turn to the answer, and that answer is Jesus. If you've never placed your faith in him, if somebody in your Life Connection group has never placed their faith in him, why don't you make this day the day that they trust? Maybe you have believers, mostly believers or all believers in your class, and they're in a season of testing. And they would tell you they're not doing so well on the test. Well, share with them that because they're not trusting God and trusting yourself, what they need to do is repent of their lack of trust and put our eyes solely on him. All righty, let's jump directly to the questions. We're going to uh, talk about, uh, I like number two, but you might want to use another one. When you were in school, did you typically prepare for tests? These are good, good ways to kind of get people moving. Uh, were you a procrastinator who stayed up all night before a test? Did you prepare in advance? So that'll get them talking about tests and what the test did for them and all those things. And you might want to follow it up 
with number four, which I really like as well. Our test, our faith is tested in difficult times, and our faith is tested in times of abundance. Remember, we talked about both those things. Why would God test our faith when life is going well? Uh, sometimes we forget him when life is going too well, don't we? All right, well, let them talk about that, and if you need to kind of plug that in, then do it. All right, Genesis 22.1. Let's read that together. After these things, God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and uh, Abraham said back to him, here I am, he answered. Um, God tested Abraham. Why does Moses want us to know, remember Moses was writing this story, why did Moses want us to know that he was about to tell us, uh, uh, to tell us was a test of Abraham, what he was about to tell us was a test of Abraham's faith? Uh, I think the children of Israel, obviously, are about to go through a test, and that uh, they needed to be listening, right? All right, number two, now God could have tested Abraham's faith in a variety of ways. Why do you think he asked Abraham to offer Isaac or sacrifice Isaac? Well, it's obvious. That was his most precious thing. His son, his only son, the only son that is born to him and his wife, Sarah. Why do you think God tested Abraham as a man who was well over 100 years old? Abraham had a lot to learn, didn't he? He'd been learning over those 30 or 35 years. And the time had come to see if he was really going to trust God. Then the third question, hadn't Abraham already proven time and time again that he was faithful to God? He had, but he'd also messed up quite a few times, hadn't he? So this was kind of the ultimate test. It wasn't kind of. This was the ultimate test. Do you really believe that I am who I say I am? Abraham, I want to see where we are, where you are. Number three, Abraham had walked with God for around 35 years at the time of this particular test. How do you know, or how do you think his previous experience with God prepared him for this test? Well, he had known what he had done wrong. He knew what he had done right. And he went back and he said, okay, can I trust God? And I think the answer came back to him resoundingly. Yes, I can trust God. God will do what he says he will do. He promised a child, now he's given me a child. If he promises, that if he wants me to sacrifice, then I'll sacrifice the child because I know that's not the end. He'll bring him back. What do you think Abraham had learned about God in those 35 years that would help him pass this particular test? He knew that, like I said, that God was good, who he said he was. How does your daily walk with the Lord prepare you for tests that God gives you? You see, it makes you that rugged believer that is ready for the test when it comes. Your Bible study, the discipline of Bible study, the discipline of prayer, the discipline of walking with God daily, the discipline of sharing your faith, all those disciplines will help you when the time comes. We are disciplined for a reason, just like we are disciplined to run when we practice for a sport. We are disciplined to be the person God has called us to be. All right, let's jump down to verse 5 of Genesis 22. The Bible tells us, Then Abraham said to his young men, Stay here with his don the donkey. And the boy and I will go over there to worship. Then we'll come back to you. What do you think Abraham meant when he told his servants, I and the boy will go over there and worship and come again to you? He knew that God was going to provide or that God was going to raise him up or something. He knew that he and Isaac were coming back. Wow. That's how much he, that's how much he trusted God. All right, Hebrews 11, 19. Uh, we read that in the sermon itself. And... It just says that that was the part when Abraham um, knew he would come back. He says these words. He, he considered that God was able even to raise him from the dead, from which, figuratively speaking, he did receive him back. 
Uh, how does this verse help you understand Genesis 22.5? Well, he knew that, that he was coming back. What does Hebrews 11.19 reveal about Abraham's faith? That he believed that God could do anything, even raise the dead if he had to. If it was obeying God, God would do what he said he would do. God would accomplish what he said he would accomplish. Number six, God stopped Abraham from following through with sacrificing his son. Why? Well, he wanted to provide. God provided with a lamb. And he stopped him because he knew that Abraham's trust was good. It was, he knew what was priority in his life. He had not made an idol of his son. His only worship was for God. What does this passage teach us about the character and nature of God? God does not demand human sacrifice, number one. And number two, if he did somehow that was to, to have happened, it wouldn't have been enough. Our sin cannot be overcome with a simple sacrifice. It had to be the sacrifice of his only son, Jesus, that one day would come. Now, what does this passage teach us about how we should respond to God? Well, we simply respond to God by doing what God wants us to do. We trust him. He reveals to us who we love. He reveals to us who we trust. And when we respond properly, or even improperly, it does, either way, how we respond demonstrates who you love and who you trust. Right? All right, number seven, how does this passage point us to the gospel of Jesus Christ? Well, isn't it obvious that God provided his one and only son? Even if we had sacrificed our most precious thing, it wouldn't have mattered. God would have still had to sacrifice his only son, and God would be the one who would provide his son because that was the only way that we could ever have forgiveness for our sin and pass the test, the ultimate test. That's, the, that's what this passage teaches us, that this sacrifice that God has made for us through his son is available to everyone who believes. Okay, well, let's apply the truth. Why do you need testing? Well, testing, again, proves who we are and shows who we are. Um, and we know not only who God is, which is true, but maybe there are idols in our lives that we need to deal with, right? How can you best prepare for the tests that are undoubtedly coming? Well, the main way is to those, those disciplines I talked about earlier. And discipline those things. Be with God's people. Be in church. It is important that your people know that we need each other. God designed us. To, you remember the one another's? God designed us to be with one another, and it's not by accident. As I've said many times, you don't go in a holy and get you don't go in a hole to get holy. You you minister with other believers. How is Jesus the answer to all of our testing? Well, Jesus is the answer for the simple reason that. He is the one that paid the price that we could not pray, pay. He went through the ultimate test. He died on the cross and gave us eternal life. And that answers all the testing. And if that's all he would have done, that would have been enough. He was the Lamb of God, remember, that took away the sins of the world. That's the greater sacrifice that would appease God. 
Number four, why do you think we have a tendency to take our eyes off Jesus when we go through seasons of testing rather than choosing to trust that Jesus will strengthen us through our testing? I think it's very simple. When we go through the testing, we want to pull away from God rather than move towards God. We think that somehow we can do it on our own. We think that somehow we have enough wherewithal, we have enough resources, we have, we, we've, as uh, someone I know has always said, you know, they always have to find where the back door is, you know, and we think we have that figured out. But it's Jesus that we got to depend on, and he is going to get us to the point for each one of us of recognizing that we have to depend upon him. All righty. What do you think God is calling you to do in response to Genesis 22, 1 through 19? So when we think of that, maybe it is a trust issue for you. Maybe it's the four things, the three things that Pastor Tommy, maybe it's the run to the answer. Maybe it's maybe you, you're at the point where you need to be preparing for future tests, right? Maybe you just need to recognize that God is the one that will provide. You have all you need in Jesus to make it through your testing. Wisdom, hope, power, everything you need is there. That's what God promises to you. So, number three, number two, and we're finished. How will Genesis 22 inform the way that you pray this week? Listen, you need to pray as God would have you pray. Pray that you would be that strong person, that rugged believer, disciplined believer. Pray that, God, I want to run to you when the times come, when the time comes. I want to prepare for those tests. I want right now to be preparing. Lord, please help me by providing for me. Thank you for what you've done through me. May I depend upon what you've already done. For me. In Jesus' name. Alrighty, guys. Thank you for listening. Uh, as I said, do be praying for us as we're in Boston this week. Uh, we're ministering with uh, Mosaic Church in uh, Jamaica Plain, Boston, Massachusetts. And we'll be doing uh, work with them, whether it's guest services or I think we're going to have some people working in the children's ministry, involving themselves in church and other things. So it's going to be an exciting time, so appreciate your prayers. But before we go, let me pray for you guys. I look forward to what God is going to use you for. Dear Lord, thank you for all the Life Connection Group leaders. Every single one of them means so much to me. The hard work that they do every single week to teach your word and bring discussion about and help people to know what it means to follow Christ. Lord, thank you for the contacts that they make and the care that they have for so many especially with everything that's going on with COVID right now. So many people have been caring for people, and I've just heard over and over again how people have just poured out their hearts to help people. And, Lord, may we continue to be those kind of people. Lord Jesus, we want you to know we love you, and we pray that you would use us this week to touch the hearts and lives of people. If there's anyone in our class that does not know Jesus Christ, the saving Lord of their life, may today be the day when they recognize that he is the sacrifice. He is the lamb that took their place and that they can trust him. Jesus' name. Amen. All right, guys, have a great week. God bless.